Today I have with me in studio John McDamara. John McDamara is a coach and he's a founder of his own business, John McDamara. His core message is coaching for confidence. John, you're very welcome. Tony, good morning. Nice to meet you. How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Uh, John, we know ourselves from our LIT college days. It's, yes. uh, it's hard to say it's almost 20 years ago now at this I stage. Know, I know. It's actually 20 years this year, which is funny to think. It is, isn't it? Mm. I hope we've grown up a lot since. Lots. Lots good, and good. lots. We've learned lots anyway. Well, that's half the battle then, isn't it? Mm. John, I'd like to hear a little bit about your story uh, first and, and to share that with, with some of our listeners today. Can you tell me a little bit about your story into the world of coaching, how you got involved and the reasons behind that? Yeah, so I suppose I'll bring it back to, to the very start, which would be 1997, which is, funnily enough, 20 years this year, as we <laughs> said. Um, and I left Munchens College not really knowing what I wanted to do, but I decided I'd do a course in business and marketing in LIT. Um, I suppose initially my interest was in the business side of things, but as I got into it, kind of the marketing piece was appealing to me. Um, still wasn't fully sure, but I said, right, whilst I'm here, I'll go with it. Um, and eventually got a degree from that. When I finished college then, I took off traveling for, for a couple of years and came back. And eventually, actually running along the same path as you, got a job with Smurfit at the same time. So That's I was right. in a kind of admin and sales role. Worked in that for a couple of years, but wasn't really feeling it. Um, so then I said, okay, everyone's working for these big multinational companies. So the Americans are in town and there's mm -hmm. all fancy. There's lots of money to be made. So I went working for a big IT company. Um, thinking, okay, well, maybe it's not the industry. Maybe it's just the company I'm in and I'll, I'll give this a go. So... Mm -hmm. Worked with them for a number of years, but then probably after about two years realized once all the kind of hullabaloo and the joy of making extra money and trips to Vegas and all of these things. Sounds um, good. Yeah, so it was, listen, it was brilliant and I got to see a lot of parts of the world. I was in Las Vegas three times, I was in South Africa and I traveled to a lot of places with the company um, and got a huge amount of experience working with some of the biggest financial institutions in the world. Um, so I was kind of dealing primarily in the finance sector um, with IT, so I was over and back to London a lot, dealing with all of the large kind of banks, building societies. Um, so I got a lot of really good insights into how business worked, which has kind of helped me. But I suppose I got to the point in my late 20s where a lot of people get to and they're going, okay, I've got a degree, I'm working in industry, but is this it? I'm not really happy. So you say um, in your late 20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was probably mid to late 20s, probably late 20s by the time. Mm -hmm. I kind of realized before that, but it was kind of, I just said I'd go with it for a few years and see, okay, maybe, maybe if I find my way, I'll find a niche in here that works for me. But I think by the time I was about 28 or 29, I realized, you know what, this isn't really for me. Um, I've given it a go with an indigenous Irish company, which were big, yeah. um, and I've given it a go with a big, large American multinational. So I kind of said, okay, well, if you're going to change, you need to do something about it. So I get a lot of people will come to me as well saying, oh, I've read your story and it's really interesting. You were in a job, it was well paid, um, but you decided to go down another avenue. So initially I started looking around at what else was out there. Okay, well, if, if, if this isn't it for me, what else could I do or what else would I be strong at? So eventually I met a guy in Limerick, wasn't really aware of what coaching was about. So this has probably gone back eight, nine years ago, and coaching wouldn't have been as popular back then. Um, met a guy, had a conversation with him over a cup of coffee, and I just went, wow, this stuff is fascinating. Was it like the missing link that you were looking for, do you think? It really, it really was. It was kind of something that just appealed to me. This thing of going, okay, you can still be in business, but in essence, it's this whole concept of 
you as an individual can become better. And it's kind of the fixed versus growth mindset of going, once you change your mindset and once you learn these skills about how to become more effective and more confident as a person, then all of this opportunity opens up to you. So I think initially for me, the interest was probably on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Um, but once I started applying this stuff to myself, I was going, wow, this stuff actually works. This is, this is powerful. So you started, you started eating up books. Oh, I yeah, remember yeah. the time. Yeah. So it's funny. I started reading lots and lots of books. And the good thing about, I suppose, the areas of coaching, leadership, personal development, confidence is there's just an endless pit of material there, which is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You have books that are a hundred years old or books that are only a week old. And there's just so much information. So yeah. I kind of immersed myself in it. So nights, weekends, and all of that. So there was a period of time where pretty much every weekend I'd be in Cork doing a course. Doing a course. Yeah. So uh, I did a coaching diploma. Um, I did a practitioner's course in neurolinguistic programming. Um, qualified as a trainer. So a lot of weekends when my friends in their late 20s and early 30s were out partying and having fun or going playing golf, I was upskilling myself because I realized, okay, this isn't where I want to be, but I don't have tangible skills to do something else. So I had to go and get the skills you, and the you, knowledge. Do you, do you feel that, that, that you know, that to put in that time in the weekends and the mm. evening that, that, you, that you'd found a passion? That you, yeah. you, you, you got to love that if you're going to oh, do yeah. it. But it, it wasn't for me a case of I'm making a sacrifice here. For me, it was a case of, okay, this stuff is intriguing. I can't wait to go down there on a Saturday morning yeah. or I'm going to be leaving Limerick at five o'clock to go to Dublin on a Saturday to go to a seminar to listen to some stuff or meet some people or travel up to Cork or fly to mm -hmm. London or wherever it may be. Like I've, I've, I've traveled quite a bit to, to educate myself, to meet people, to interview people, to go to courses, but there wasn't really any of it that I felt like, oh, this is a bit of a task. Now do I have to do this? It was just this sense of curiosity that there was all this knowledge out there that I could get. But ultimately, I suppose I applied it to myself first but then it's gone, okay, this is my business now. I can give this to other people mm. to help them. So whether they're in business, whether they're in sport, that you can, in essence, change your mindset mm -hmm. and what that then opens up to you. So it, you, you did take that leap of faith, that, yes. that, that entrepreneur that, you, that was inside you that I, I guess you yeah. probably didn't know was there was there. Yeah. And, and you took that, you made that big decision yeah. uh, to, to go out on your own, mm. to, to, to use all of that knowledge, the mm. qualifications that you've gotten to fundamentally help people. Yeah. So how have you found that journey since you've, since you've started doing so, that? I suppose initially it's, it's a challenge because for me, I've always kind of fancied myself as somebody who would work for themselves. Okay. Um, I always worked well in business and for mm -hmm. other companies, but there was always a part of me felt like, do you know what? I kind of need to do my own thing here. Well, why, do you, why, why do you think that? I think it's just been in me. I think mm -hmm. I've always kind of been a person who likes to do their own thing. Now I work well within teams and I've always played sport and I've worked well within teams in business, but there was always a piece in me that felt like, do you know what, I kind of need to do my own thing here. Yeah. I think it's just in me. Okay. Like it's not a family thing because my two brothers and my sister work um, in businesses and work for the government. So I'm kind of different to them. Are you, are you the round peg in the square hole? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, my dad would have worked for, for companies all his life and, and, sure. and really enjoyed it. But just yeah. for me, it mm. wasn't a case of like, my dad was an entrepreneur, one of my mm. brothers was, or there was someone else there. Yeah. It was just something in me mm. as a person. I always felt like, do you know what? I, I, I have to run my own business and give it a go and just see how successful I can make this. Yeah. Um, 
So it wasn't like there was, it was a natural progression or it was something that I felt I was going to do. It just got to a point where I felt, okay, I have to do this for me. So it takes, it, ta- it takes confidence to do that, John, and we know that. And mm. confidence is your core message. And let's yeah. talk a little bit about, about the word confidence and mm. what you are seeing out there at the moment in, in, in dealing with, uh, with the youth that you're working with, in dealing yeah. with, with, with business executives. Mm. You know, what, what's lacking, do you think, in, peop- uh, in people at the moment? Um, confidence is something, and it's a word that's used a lot. Um, and, and a lot of time it's used out of context and people don't really understand it. So I suppose just to explain it briefly, there's two sides to confidence. So one in essence would be what I would call surface level confidence, which would be around competencies. Okay. So for example, you go in and you start in a new job. You don't know any of the systems, you don't know any of the products, you don't know the processes and you don't know the people. Mm -hmm. So you go in and after a period of time, you become familiar with all of these things. Then your confidence in the role increases because you're going, okay, I know the people, I know what I'm selling. I know what the products are, I know who my customers are. And then eventually, just through a little bit of experience and a little bit of learning and immersion, mm-hmm. you'll become more confident. Yeah. So that's kind of surface level. And it's the same with acquisitions of skills. So whether it comes to football or golf or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, you just practice and you'll get that. Yeah. So that in essence to me really isn't the challenge for people. The challenge comes with what I would call core confidence, which in essence is self-esteem. So it's a person's belief in themselves. So do I think I'm good enough to do this role? Do I think I'm good enough to be in this position? Do I think I'm good enough to be able to run my own business? And this you, to me is a huge challenge. Are you seeing a lot of people lacking in self-esteem at the moment? Huge, really? huge. And, and, and the funny thing is I meet a lot of people in business who have all of the skills. So they'll have a master's degree. They'll have 10 years of industry experience. They'll have delivered presentations to hundreds of people. So all of the competencies and the stuff on the core, they understand their products, they know what it is. So to me, they should then have enough confidence to be able to do their job, stand up in front of a yeah. group, pick up the phone and call. There's something missing. But there's something missing. Okay. So you're going, okay, you've got all the competency mm. piece. What's missing? But it's their actual belief in themselves and their, their belief that I can actually do this Mm-hmm. and that I'm good enough and that people aren't going to judge me. So they're always aware of what other people are thinking and they're always conscious of themselves saying, do you know what, I just, I just, do you know what, people are going to find me out. So we see, we see a, lot of our, a lot of our listeners are, are business owners, John. Yes. They're like family businesses, large yeah. SMEs. We, we have a number of, of listeners working in the multinational space. Yeah. Do you believe that, that lack of self-esteem and lack of confidence is holding them back in progressing their career and their business? It's, it's costing people so much um, and it's something I'm seeing all of the time. So I, I, I'll give you a simple example. So for somebody in business, right? So if you're looking at somebody in business and you could take, we, I'll give you a couple of examples. Somebody in a sales role, they know all the products, they know all the skills, but their belief in themselves is I'm not really good enough to be doing this role. Okay. Um, there's something missing or they're, they're, they're going to find me out. They've got this kind of imposter syndrome. So they're afraid to pick up the phone and call customers. They're afraid say, of rejection? Yeah, they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid that the other person won't like mm. them. But in essence, they're selling the product. It's not them. Okay. So they're taking this at a level of identity of, oh, this is me, Tony, or this is me, John. Yeah. It's not this is the products I'm yeah. selling. They think the person is saying no to them as a person. Mm. So they're not willing to put that on the line. 
Okay. So you've people in sales who are afraid to pick up the phone. Really? In sales roles? In sales roles. Oh. Afraid to pick up the phone mm. for fear people will reject it. So so many people are hiding behind emails these days, right? Hiding behind emails yeah. because they don't want to pick up the phone. So mm. to me, that's why email is growing and growing, mm. especially with a lot of people in industry because they don't want to pick up the phone. They don't have the confidence to go and ring their customers. They, you also have people who have fantastic products, but because they don't believe in themselves, they're not going to go out and push this yeah, product. They've got to back themselves. Completely. So this is, this to me, and, and as well as that, I'm seeing this a lot, kind of, people will avoid networking events okay. because they're scared of their life that they're going to have to go and talk to strangers or someone's going to pitch them in a position whereby they're going to have to speak to a group of people. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you grow your business if you're afraid to put yourself in a position to pick up the phone and talk to people? Yeah. You're afraid to sell, you're afraid to network, you're afraid to public speak. Mm -hmm. So this is ties into confidence. I mean, this is in essence running your business with the handbrake on. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. it's a huge challenge. It's holding a lot of people back. Yeah, yeah. No, I find that fascinating, John. Mm -hmm. I really do. So let's let's give some advice to some people. There some basic hints and tips that you're giving people at present in terms of mm -hmm. how can they improve their self esteem? How can they improve their confidence? So the first thing I do is I would take a look at it, and for yourself, you need to look at is it is it a competency piece whereby I need to upskill? So for some people, it is. They just don't know their business well enough and this is their challenge. They're afraid to go and speak to people because if someone asks them a question, they don't really know the okay. answer. So for me and what I do, I can stand up in front of anyone and any group because if I'm talking about this area, I know I will have an answer or I'll be able to ask a question that will unlock something mm -hmm. for them. If you put me in and I'm speaking to a group about selling tractor parts, I'll have no clue. Of course. You'll throw me quite easily. Of course, so competency. So, so it's a yeah. competency, so it's, it's, it's getting as much skill and constantly learning in mm -hmm. your field that you're, you're reading your trade magazines, you're reading your business books, Good you're advice. speaking to people in your industry to constantly keep on top of it, yeah. what the new trends are, what the new products are. So that's the competency piece. So then if we're coming to the confidence piece, in essence, it's an understanding of who you are as a person. Yes. So this is key. So it's self-awareness. Okay, what am I good at? Where's my strong sets? What can I promote? What areas do I need to play in? What areas am I weak in? Mm. So what parts of me am I looking at and going, okay, there's certain habits I have here that I'm not really strong at. So should they be delegating those and focusing on their strengths? Completely, if they can. If they can. If they can. So if, obviously if you have a team of employees, you can delegate that stuff True. and you go, okay, I'm really good in front of mm. people then you need to be in front of people every day. You don't need to be in the office sending emails or putting Excel sheets together. You need to be doing the value add stuff. See, we see too much of that out there, John. People are hiding behind their computer all day long. And it's easy to do because you can convince yourself that you're busy by being there, but you're actually not. Now, you just hit on something very interesting, John. We were chatting beforehand. Hmm. This whole busy, busy thing that everybody's saying these days, I'm too busy, I'm too busy to read. So yeah. you're talking about the competency level, uh, confidence comes from you know, reading information, taking time out to become familiar with your mm. industry, with your customers, with your mm. competitors, it takes time. But everybody tells us, I have no time, I'm too busy. This drives, what do you say to that? This drives me nuts because I hear this all of the time. Right. I hear people saying to me constantly, oh, John, I'm so busy, I'm stressed out of my mind, I, I just so much on at the minute. Yeah. But I challenged them and I said, but are you really? Are you really to say, oh, I'd like to go to the gym and do a bit of exercise because I know that will give me more energy and I'll feel better about myself. But I don't have and, time. But I don't have time. Okay. So one of the things I get them to do is I say, okay, here's an exercise. Take an Excel sheet, start with box one, 7 a.m. Monday until 7 p.m. Do it Monday to Friday 
and populate everything you're doing in your week. Everything. It's an audit, effectively. It's an audit. Do yeah. an audit of what, how you're spending your time mm. on a weekly basis. And what you see from, from, from doing those exercises. You see that. some people who lie to you because they don't really want to get honest. Okay. Um, so the, the key with this is that you get honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. The sooner you get honest, the sooner you can take some action on this. So some people will lie and say, oh yeah, well I've populated all this. So there's no space for stuff like social media. Mm-hmm. Just meeting people for coffee because you know you can waste an hour and you're pretending that this is about business but you're probably talking about the Munster match or the Six Nations <laughs> um, so there's a lot of wasting of time there's a lot of wasting time so people are busy but are they being effective well, that's a good question John because we live in a world now where there are so many productivity tools and efficiencies out there yes. access to food and the goal like we never had before mm. if you wind back the clock 30 or 40 years ago mm. in terms of what it took to run a business in those days without email oh, yeah. without mobile phones when a household meant that every meal had to be prepared. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, are we really lying to ourselves saying that we're really busy days when, busy these days when, in fact, years ago, it was probably way more difficult than it is now? Oh, yeah, completely. And, and I have friends who have one child and they'll tell me they're up to their eyes and they have right. no time for this, that, and the other. And I'm going, yeah, but, like, our parents had six, seven, and eight children and their parents <laughs> probably had 10 or 12. But yeah. they managed to get a lot of this stuff done, but they didn't have a lot of the things, in essence, which are making us more productive, but a lot of the time are making us more wasteful. And so we look at our phone, for example, yeah. it's just... We spoke about that, yeah, yeah. the smartphone. So we spoke about and it's just people will just waste hours in a day. It's just, distraction. Just scrolling. So it's distraction. Yeah. And, and one of the things within the audit is it identifies the areas that are distracting you. Mm-hmm. So what is distracting me? What are the habits I have that are taking away my time from the value-add stuff? You can do the things I like doing as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the thing with this is it's around discipline. So one of the key messages, if I can get this across to your listeners at all, Please is do. people see discipline as something that's a constraint. And it's like, okay, well, if I get disciplined, that's a bit boring. And then it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's rigid and I don't like that. The it right word, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a kind of a rally against freedom. But to me, discipline gives you freedom. So if you're disciplined in your Monday to Friday... So I personally think you could work from 8 in the morning till 5 in the evening. You could do it effectively and you could walk away with a clear mind. I see people who work from 8 in the morning till 8 at night and still can't switch off because they just didn't get the stuff done that they needed to get done. They didn't have the discipline during the day when they needed to have. So they're still going around with all of this stuff in their head. So we're we're talking discipline, John, now, you know, as, as, as a team and the importance of it. Fair to say that there's nobody out there the world over who has succeeded that didn't fundamentally have discipline in their lives. Completely. So if we look at Paul O'Connell, for example, yeah. I think it's fascinating talking, talking to Paul O'Connell and, and when he tells his story mm. that he trained harder as a seven-year-old child mm. than he did as a professional rugby player. Yeah. He learned the fundamentals of discipline. Completely. What you put in is what you get out. Yeah. And I, he would strike me as a type of person who doesn't waste a whole lot of time, yeah. that he probably still has that discipline in his life today. Very much so. So... Let's, what, what nuggets could you give people out there? What advice in terms of discipline? What are some of the key things that anybody listening to this can start doing to bring some discipline, some control back into their life so they're more effective and more efficient? So the, the starting point is the audit to see where you're actually wasting your time yeah. and see what habits you have that's eating up this time that you need preciously. Then it depends on your environment then. So if, for example, you work for yourself, and you're working from home or you're using an office space whereby there's a lot of distraction there. 
It's creating an environment where you can actually be productive. Great advice, yeah. So a lot of time people will have the television on in the background or they'll have the Wi-Fi on in their phone and then you're constantly getting notifications through. So it's like, okay, I'm in the middle of doing something that's important, then ping, there's a message from my WhatsApp group. Mm -hmm. It's all my buddies are talking about, we're going to Killarney in two months' time. See, and then half an hour later, you're in a conversation that you didn't need to so be you've in. Got to be, you, you, like at the end of the day, you've got to be hard on yourself. You, Completely. You've got to create some rules, some yeah. boundaries. And it's, I think yeah. know, that, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. People aren't creating that. They're allowing this level of distraction into their lives yeah. from all angles. 100%. It's and fair, it comes from everywhere these days. It does. It's fair to say a lot of office environments these days are actually distraction factories. Yeah, completely. I mean, how it's, it, it can be quite challenging for, and I can see that with some people, some mm. the clients we deal with, the second they hit the office, they're pulling 50 different directions. Oh, yeah. So maybe for some people, that discipline may mean, well, i got to work off-site for two or three hours a day. 100%. To, so to, to get the stuff I really need to get done, done, yeah? Yeah. So I will identify my key tasks I need to get done every day. Yeah. So obviously, if I'm out meeting clients, that's fine. That takes care of that piece. If I'm delivering workshops with sports teams, with businesses, whoever it may be, that's... That's locked in. That's not negotiable. There are the times you're doing it. No, there's other times in the day that I need to plan. I need to start putting marketing material together. I need to write blogs, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I will go to places where I know I can't be distracted. I think it's interesting. As John's sitting in front of me right now, John, John still loves the pen and paper. John still likes the physical book. He has a mm. what looks like a moleskin diary in front of him. He mm. has two books, which he has. And I, and I know from, from, from meeting you, John, uh, at different places around Limerick that you always carry books with you so yes. you build yeah. that into your life and you're mm. a fan of you know I know there are online tools out there for productivity but you still mm. believe in the pen and the paper in the diary yeah. writing down your to-do list oh, taking yeah. it off yeah yeah so I work off my diary and um, my mission off diary that I got in Galway oh very good and um even something as simple as that. I meet a lot of people who don't even have a proper diary and don't schedule. Okay. So they've no idea what they're actually going to do with their day or what they're going to do with their week. So one of the things I do when I'm working with clients, um, especially business owners or, or SMEs, is, okay, you need to sit down on a Sunday night or a Monday morning and you need to do your schedule for the week. Now, obviously, there's going to be parts that are going to move and stuff will yeah. fluctuate and there may be emergencies that will move stuff. But what are the key value-add tasks for you and your business that you need to accomplish this week? And what's, what's the non-negotiables? And this is where the discipline comes in. Sure. That if you're saying, okay, between 10 and 12 on Monday, this is a piece of work I have to get done because this is going to progress my business or this is going to get me some sales leads, then under no circumstances, unless it's an emergency, do you move from that. Yeah. So if someone wants to come in and go for a coffee, the easy thing to do is say, I'll see you in Starbucks at half 10. That's where you've got to be rigid with this and say, okay, if I do this from 10 until 12, I'll meet you in Starbucks at half 12. Yeah. But you then have that freedom of going, okay, I feel good now because I got that accomplished. Yeah, yeah. there's a great sense of achievement. It's a it. sense of achievement. And you can relax then knowing, okay, I have a half an hour now until one o'clock that I can go for coffee, I can relax. And then I have my next piece in the afternoon. So it's putting in your key parts into your week. Yeah. And it sounds, it sounds simple, right? Yes. Because it is simple. But yes. most people don't do it. And yeah. So yes, people are planning their week in terms of meetings. Yeah. Right? But that's, that's a time suck for people. Oh, yeah. It's so important, as you were saying, to write down these are the key things I need to achieve this week. Yes. Number one, from a business perspective, for my yes. job, for what I do. Mm. But number two, let's talk about what we're seeing from everybody, John, that we know out there. I haven't got time to train. God, I'd love to have time to train. Yes. I can't get to the gym. Yeah. I have no time for going for a walk. God, I don't even have time for a lunch. Yeah. And the thing with this is people, people will lie to themselves and convince themselves of anything. Yeah. So I'll see in my gym. I go to the gym in, in, in Grove Island. There's a swimming pool there. 
in Grove Island. So yes. there's a lot of kids swim in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. So the parents will come in, the kids will swim from five until six. The parents will drop them in to the swimming pool. They'll sit down in this communal area and I think they all have a big chat about Coronation Street. Or read these glossy magazines for an hour. But these same people will tell me, John, I don't have time for training because I'm bringing the kids yeah. to swimming and then I have to bring them to the GEA. And I'm going, you sat there for 55 minutes talking about Carnation Street. Yeah. There's a gym upstairs. Yeah. You could have got 40 minutes done up there. 40 minutes is loads for anyone. Yeah. So it's going, okay, you may think you don't have the time, but when you drill down into it, yeah. if you're anyway creative, you can make this work for you. You can manage yourself better. Of course, yeah. It's it, it's managing yourself better, but it's it's discipline, it's, it's discipline, it's discipline. But, it, but it's self-honesty as well. Yeah, well, that's very, that's very it's, interesting. It's looking yourself in the mirror and saying, okay, is this the actual truth, or this is this just a story that I'm telling myself that's convenient? A lot of what you're talking about, John, will will hugely help people that are listening today mm. who feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Life is, is just running away from them. They're just on mm. this uh, this rat race. Yeah. Some people, we believe, thrive mm. on it. They like that feeling. They oh, like yeah. to feel that sense. But the, mm. a lot of the people that you're dealing with that are coming to you, mm. clients who are, who, who are meeting with you and, and you're working with them, they feel overwhelmed. Yeah. They're lacking in the confidence. They're mm. lacking in discipline. They've gotten to a point in their life where, you know, that they've probably fallen into habits that they're just not happy with. Yeah. And your role is to help them figure out, uh, uh, figure out how they can become more disciplined. Completely, yeah. Find that self-esteem that they're lacking. Mm. So that fundamentally, they're happier people. That yeah. They're enjoying their And lives. it's been more effective. Like being busy or having a lot on isn't the problem. If you can accomplish all of the things you want to accomplish, if you feel like it's not affecting your health, if you feel happy and fulfilled, that's great. Be as busy as you want. Do as many things as you want. Sure. But if it gets to the point where you feel like, I'm not actually in control here, it's impacting on my health, it's impacting on my relationships, it's having a big impact on my business because I can't grow the business, I can't get to the tasks I need to get to because I'm stressed, I'm getting kind of narky with my customers or with my staff and that's having an impact in relations with them. So if it's getting to that point, then you need to take a step back and say, okay, we need to do something about this. This isn't working. There's coaches there, there's professionals there who can help you with this. Excellent. Did you take a step back and look at this? So someone who's gonna look objectively at this and say, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what you're saying you're doing. In essence, this is what you need to be doing. And, and putting a plan in place. And, and, and we've seen over the last couple of years the, the evolution of, of uh, in the fitness world of, mm. of some really good coaches out there yes. in, in the sports world who are coaching yeah. people to, to oh, get yeah. better bodies. So yeah. we know the help is out there, but it starts with people looking in themselves in the mirror and saying, mm. I've got to find a solution to this. I can't keep going the way I'm going. There's an easier and a better way. Why yeah. am I torturing myself? Completely. And, and the thing with this is like people kind of, there's some people still skeptical of going, oh, coaches, I don't know, is this a fad or whatever? But in essence, if you've got, like you're looking at your business or your life, so we'll take Manchester United, Jose Mourinho's their coach. Would Man United just go, okay, we're going to get rid of Jose Mourinho because we don't really need a coach. We'll just leave them go out and they'll, they'll figure it out themselves. <laughs> sure, we'll these are highly skilled yeah, people. Yeah, these are highly skilled people. Yeah. They're all professional football. They'll manage their day. They don't need, yeah, they'll yeah. manage their day. They'll come up with a training session themselves. <laughs> they'll pick the team themselves when <laughs> their motivation's low, when they need someone to point out what's working and what's not working. They wouldn't dream of not having Jose Mourinho or someone in there to coach them and guide them. Of course. So why do people think in a busy world of business or in life, 
that they're always going to be able to figure this out themselves. I think what's very interesting, John, is well, last year we heard uh, the former Tipperary um, Hurley manager talk, uh, Eamon O'Shea. Mm. It was fascinating to, to listen to him speak. And he spoke about confidence as well. And he mm. spoke about the people's perception is that the star players out there on these teams mm. and the star you know, musicians that we go and hear in, con uh, in concerts, mm. are, 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 when it comes to confidence, they have it all. Yeah. Nothing could be further from the truth is what mm. he said. Oh yeah. The ones, the, your star players are the ones that need more coaching than anybody else in the team. They're the yeah. ones that doubt themselves the most. Oh yeah. I remember hearing Robbie Williams talking last mm. year. Mm. I mean, you would think he's yeah. you know, the most confident guy you could see. Yeah. He physically gets sick before oh, yeah. concerts. Yeah. So and confidence, confidence affects everybody. Completely. And just because you think that guy there in the room, God, he, you know, he looks very confident. He may be suffering from the same um, feelings, mm. lack of self-esteem that, that, that you have, but that he's getting coaching. Yeah. Or yeah. she's getting coaching. They've recognized it. Yes, completely. Yeah. And, and this, like, this doesn't, I suppose, choose and say, okay, well, you're just working in this job, so that's the reason why you're not confident and this person's really successful, so they are. It doesn't work that way. And I've met and interviewed so many people who are successful on a world stage and just from their own stories and telling me about their experiences of having to speak to groups or the first time standing on stage or playing in a match and you go from the outside looking in you think this person is oozing it they're just they're so at ease with this but on the inside they're just racked with self-doubt and they're going okay i don't know can i do this and they've got all this anxiety as well so i think this is one of the biggest myths that's out there mm. that a certain person or type of person man or woman is born with heaps of confidence <laughs> yeah. and that's the reason they're yeah. successful and if i had that then oh i'd be flying a truck i could do that as well if i had anybody it. could do that if anyone, had, oh yeah so anyone could do it yeah. and and also this thing of like this this kind of talent myth of well they were just born with loads of talent as well yeah. Um, and that's the reason why they're successful in business or that's the reason why they're, they're successful in sport or whatever it not may true. be. Both of these are not true. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in essence, it's, it's getting people initially to function through this process whilst their confidence is still quite low and fragile until it builds. Yeah. But most people are afraid of those initial steps because they haven't been coached or someone to show them, okay, well, this is how you can manage your way through this initially to the point where you'll be going, okay, I'm actually okay with this. Yeah, yeah. So I've done it loads of times and I haven't died yet. So we'll do it again. <laughs> very good, very good. Mm. John, we could, we could talk for another, another few hours, no doubt, and, and yeah. please God will speak again soon. Um, anybody who's interested in, in meeting up with John, uh, get onto his website, johnmcnamara.ie. John will be doing a number of different speaking events uh, in Limerick and, and mm. around Ireland over the next few months. So make sure and check him out. And he's also on all of the different social media platforms. John, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks a million, Tony.